This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, February 9th. And that means 56 things. No, I'm just kidding. It, uh, it's a Super Bowl joke. It's Super Bowl week. But it does mean it's time for a Brady Quinn football show. Pew, 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 Dab, dab. You know what sucks is that we I've are. I've never dabbed in my life. You, you just did. Um, I know. I know. It's a shame. We're in the thing. same. We're in the same city. We saw each other earlier today. And we're doing this over StreamYard because the. I don't want to. I don't want to talk smack about the people who are at the at the at the set because they're doing a great job. They're working hard, and uh, yeah, they're working hard. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Let's be honest; they're not to blame. It is the traffic in My LA. It's traffic in LA is awful, horrendous. It, it, it's it's the. I mean, outside of the taxes in the state of California, um, it is like it, it literally changes how you live your life. Like one I, of the reasons why I'm not sitting next to you right now with my arm around you, right? right. Like try to reach in into your you do sound a little stopped up there uh no my voice is like almost gone that's the issue like i've I've been i've been up and talking since 3 a.m today my god pacific time oh right long excuse me 3 a.m tuesday the 8th but it's been it's been a long long day yeah you are you're out here grinding like the legend that you are. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, hit that subscribe button, turn on your alerts, like, and comment. When we go live, you will know uh, Spotify. If you're listening there, give us a five-star rating, please. In the feed, you can check out uh, storylines. We rank storylines, Super Bowl storylines with the Super Friends on Tuesday. The Gambling Guide with RJ White, the ultimate gambling yeah. guide powered by Sportsline on Monday. Yeah. All those available now. And coming up, bold predictions from the Super Friends. That'll be in your feed. Manayana. I don't know what we're doing on Friday. I guess Who knows? Oh, no, we're doing a, a picks show with Pete and RJ. Oh, there you go. That should be electric. You know, Pete Prisco, by the way, is this is the least amount he's ever worked for a Super Bowl. The guy maybe does one hit a day. It's unbelievable. He, he literally, today is Wednesday. He has yeah. one hit scheduled. And he tried to act like, oh, no, that's such a shame. It's like, shut yeah. up, bro. Like, you, you're thrilled you have one hit. Yeah, he goes to the beach. He makes fun of how he thinks the Florida beaches are better than California beaches. And then he comes back, does his one hit, and he goes back to whatever he does the rest of the day. Isn't it bizarre that this old man is down there at the, at the, the California beach taking photographs of the beach? Yeah, it's like, dude, you, you live near a beach. You grew up near a beach. Why do you need to take pictures of this beach? What's the yeah, point? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Like, what are you, a tourist? Grow up. He, he did say he was running on the beach, which made me think, like, compare him to another great Italian who I could picture running on the beach, that's Rocky Balboa Absolutely. or Sly Stallone, however you want to call it. But regardless, I was I was thinking of the difference between like Rocky running on the beach and then Pete. <laughs> There's some differences, Brady. Some stark differences. contrast between the two. <laughs> I know Rocky buff, shirt off. But Pete's Pete's yeah. like 
like flailing all over the beach, flopping and whatnot. Uh, you know, people, people, might, might, people might mistake him for like a beach sea creature at this point. So, so my boy, Rob. Uh, Tyron. Ah! <laughs> oh, we missed. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, my dunk buttons are in the wrong spot here. I hit the wrong <laughs> I'm used to hitting it with my left hand. I got it on the right hand here. You so. wanted the Kevin Harlan. Oh, 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 high down hard. Yes, that's what we wanted. Um, I need to, I, I said this last off season, I screwed up and I didn't pull it off this off season, maybe this week, who knows? I am, I'm going to, we're going to get Kevin Harlan on the podcast and we're going to see if he'll give us a custom pick six call, a custom pick six dunk with that legendary voice of his. Um, oh, she's got a great voice. I does. I'm so jealous. All right. Let's, yeah. that guy is drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to some NFL news that we're going to cover the New Orleans. Is, is this? Is this an emergency pod almost? Technically, yes, because we didn't podcast on it. Oh, I'm glad you were made aware of that. Yeah. Um, so sort of, yeah, it's the Dennis Allen podcast. Uh, we yeah, have not, DA. We have not done – we didn't really do a good job of co- three emergency, three of the coaching hires emergency podcasts. I hope people understand. I know that's sort of our – that's our bread and butter. Um, you know, we invented the emergency podcast, and now you have everybody trying to copy us, a bunch of frauds and haters out there. It's just how life is. Um, but I will say that – you know, we, uh, you know, we, we were just so busy with HQ that was it possible. So let's Brady and I will talk about it. Uh, this is our first time chatting about it on pick six, the pick yeah. six pod. He is the former Saints defensive coordinator over the last five years, five years. Of course, I was the interim DC in 2015, three seasons as the Raiders head coach, Raiders head coach from 2004, 2012 to 2014. You won like, like eight and 28 or something like that. Did win a Super Bowl with the Saints as a secondary coach in 09, uh, I kind of like this hire for a lot of reasons, Brady. Continuity, um, the fact that Dennis Allen probably got a raw deal in Oakland just because that's yeah. one of those spots you can't coach. And with so much unknown about what the Saints are going to do, I think it makes just life easier for everyone involved. Yeah, and that had to have been a lot of the logic behind this. I don't know that Sean Payton stepping down, maybe it was a surprise to the Saints organization, maybe not. It seemed like it was to it was like Gail Benson, that, that she's the owner, right? Yeah, uh, I remember uh, hearing some sound from her <laughs> after the season and being like, oh, we don't know what Sean's going to do. Yes, like, like, it's like, up to him. We don't know. It's like, uh, he's gone. I was lady. like, really? You don't know? Like, he's, yeah. he's about ready to send you this, his like, goodbye note. Yeah. Um. So I, I think from that standpoint, I probably caught at least some people within the Saints organization off guard. And it makes sense that look at what you've built. I mean, you've built in a perennial playoff team or at least contender. Uh, now that doesn't come with the fact that they are what seventy some million over the cap for next year. That's yep. a problem. You've yep. got an aging defense, questions at the quarterback spot. Uh, now your best player overall is probably going to serve time for what Alvin Kamara did in Las Vegas. He'll be punished at the very least. Yeah. So now you lose him for whatever period of time or games, et cetera. So there's a there's a lot of near right now. That's I think the tough part about this. And I guess the one thing that you're doing by you know hiring Dennis Allen is you're keeping continuity. You're trying to keep that culture intact. And look, I was with DA in uh, in Denver in 2011. He was our oh, defense nice. coordinator. So there's there's some things that I think he does schematically really well that are things to point out. Like for example, he was a former secondary guy, and I thought one of the things uh, Ronaldo Hill, who was one of our safeties, and we were talking about obviously with Brian Dawkins some of those guys, is the way he'd go about um, disguising coverage, and. So one of the things is, is you have to understand how the other athlete is trained or other players trained across from you to then understand how you can manip- manipulate them. Sure. One of the things they do with quarterbacks is, you know, whether you're under center or you catch a shotgun snap, your first thing you're going to do 
is look up and look through the middle linebacker into the safeties. Okay. And you're looking that's for called, uh, I believe thing. that's called reading the safeties. Um, sure. If you want to call it that uh, really, it's just a post snap look, but yeah. th- the whole point is this, Third you're looking for the movement of the mic and then the movement of the safeties, right? If yeah. they're rotating one way or another, you know, it's going to some sort of post high, potentially man, depending on your pre-snap looks. Uh, and then watching how the mic moves, right? Whether he drops back, if it stays too high, it's Tampa. If he doesn't, what Dennis always would do a great job of is he would then help those safeties position themselves in a manner where they would give you a pre-snap look and then post-snap, they would start to move. And so it, they'd open their hips and take a few steps in one direction and then recorrect. Oh. Well, the big key about that was, and it sounds like it's so simple, so stupid, <laughs> is when you're a quarterback, right, you catch a shotgun snap, it's really your first step where you're going to look downfield to then re-identify where your eyes need to go next. And so once you kind of check out the safeties quick, now your eyes are going to whichever side of the field or wherever they need to be for either the next defender read or the next player you're reading in your progression. So it, they would trick you because a lot of times, as soon as you look the other direction, you can't, you can't, right, spend, three, you can't spend three seconds watching the safeties. I mean, yeah. exactly. Well, and, and and really in your drop, if you're under center, your first three steps typically are, you're going to drop back first three steps, confirming coverage. Now four five, if I have a five step drop or getting my eyes over where they need to be or to my first read potentially. But in shotgun, it's really only like about a step because your, your drop is chopped down to three steps in shotgun. If it's a five step drop normally for timing purposes and, and all that for the rhythm of the play. So he, it, there's just little nuances like that that I thought he he utilized with that defense in 2011, which was literally helped to lead us to the playoffs that year and and, and winning the AFC West. I, I thought it was Tim Tebow that did that. They led you on the playoffs. He was a part of that too, obviously. You know, so there's a row of comebacks, but obviously our, our defense had to play a part. Yeah, yeah the defense is the key. And, and by the way, you know who never gets enough credit that year? Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee was unbelievable. And and even at his age and at that point in time in his career, and like no one gave as much credit as he deserved. Like people have always said that Tim's lock, and you're like, dude, did you see what this guy just did this game? Like, <laughs> put the team on his back. Uh, by by the way, just as a quick aside, you know, I, I mean, I know like we, you know, jabronis like me sit here and, and criticize quarterbacks and you know criticize NFL players. Like when you start describing that, and I, I don't know if it's because I've been like awake for an obscene amount of time, or uh, you know, just like sort of delirious at this point, but like. When you start describing, you know, taking that snap and then you have to make, you have to do so much crap, so much stuff in such a quick amount of time and make such a mental decision. Like, it's insane to think about how quickly you have to identify, you know, like you have to be like, okay, that Mike linebacker is doing this and those safeties are doing that. That means I think this is in Tampa too. So right now I have this guy who's going to be cutting across and you have to do it in like six seconds. It's, it's freaking crazy when you think about it. Not six. I mean, think about the average. Whatever, yeah. I mean, two and a half seconds. It's insane. It's insane just to think about how much stuff you have to deal with. And that's why the best offensive coordinators and and, you know offensive-minded coaches they help formulate things to give you some of those answers. And so you not before the snap, you have your mind made up, but it gives you a pretty darn good idea of where you're going. And if I know it's zone, I know how I can manipulate them. Or if I know it's man, I already know where my matchup is. And so now it's just a matter of who is the free defender? Is it the middle field safety? Is it a potentially a, a drop-down robber or thief, depending on how you your terminology? Is it a linebacker? And so now you know you start going through that and then figuring out which matchup is best, which, depending on leverage, which guy is more likely to get open based on the route he has. Because that's the other thing. Like people don't understand at the college level, NFL level, if you have an in-breaking route 
and the defensive back has outside leverage, like that guy's going to win. It's the wide receiver's job to win, especially if he has inside, you know, if he's got. If you're saying if the wide receiver has the inside leverage, he's going to win in that spot. Yeah. What I'm saying is if the quarterback's job is to have outside leverage and not get beat outside, okay. he's not going to get beat outside very rarely. And if you're a wide receiver and you have an outbreaking route, it's probably dead. So as a quarterback, like when you walk up and you look at it and say, okay, it's a, a post-high zone coverage and they've got outside leverage out there, you know, you're saying to yourself, it's probably not an outbreaking route that's going to be there. It's probably some more in-breaking route, right, where yeah. I know he's going to be able to win based on leverage. It, it's the wide receiver's job and it's the quarterback's job. Right. So like that sort of thought process as you're looking pre-snap helps you work post-snap a lot quicker and then more confidently, which is a huge key. But then it's like those little nuances of how, as a quarterback, you can manipulate that whole defender or manipulate that cornerback if he starts maybe for the first few steps of his of his you know drop back or I should say backpedal. If he starts looking at you first, then you, and you can give a little a little nod or something or separate your hands something to get him to freeze because he might think the ball is coming out quick. So there's all sorts of little games within the game. Dennis Allen was someone who I thought did a great job of coaching up the secondary on the little nuances of how they would impact the quarterback with where his eyes needed to be and, and being able to kind of disguise and confuse. And, and, and that's key because, you know, with a, you know, if you're playing, especially if you're, if you're playing a young quarterback, you can really turn it into like a, a you know, a, a possession where you steal something. If you're playing in, you know, an older quarterback, you know, you need that to help gain some kind of advantage. Otherwise, like why you brought that up. Yeah. So let's look at their division. You're most likely going to have either Lane Gabber, or Kyle Trask as a young quarterback or a, an addition Maybe you get a veteran guy. Maybe not. Maybe you go back to the draft again if you're Tampa Bay. So right. potential chance you face a young quarterback there, Carolina. Sam, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold, who's been susceptible to turnovers, but also why if they go back in the draft or they go another direction? Again, like another example of at least a younger quarterback or maybe a, a new quarterback learning the system slash potentially draft pick. Um, you know, you, you go down to um, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Matt Ryan's still there, probably not getting underneath him. And that kind of stuff doesn't, you know, mess with him as much. But why if they move on from Matt Ryan? You know, right. then you got to, you know, they have to start thinking about life after Matt Ryan too. So there's there's the potential for this to really work out in their favor, at least within their division, to keep things afloat because the strength of this team has been their defense. Like we can say whatever we want about Drew Brees, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that, oh. but at the end of his career, the most consistent piece of that team was really their defense when it was all said and done. <laughs> They went seven and nine three straight years until the 2017 draft when they landed, yeah. uh, you know, Ryan Ramchick, Kamara, but also a host of defenders, Marshawn Lattimore, PJ Williams, or Marcus Williams, excuse me. And and they, you know, all those guys helped to transform that defense and Dennis Allen's presence there as well. So, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think Michael Thomas missed, missed some time. You've got Breeze who missed some time down the stretch. He obviously wasn't the same player, but you had stretches where you had backup quarterbacks going in. And yet this team was still winning despite that. And sometimes like low scoring games in part due to their defense. Yep. All right. Let's take a quick break. We both like the Dennis Allen hire. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a, it's well, a the question becomes you know because you know you know is that the guy they thought all along that they give other candidates legitimate shots to interview? That's the hiring cycle right now in the NFL. That's for a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation, and um, we've got to get to a read between the lines Super Bowl edition coming up next after this break. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so America's hottest, fastest-growing game show, Read Between the Lines, invented by Brady Quinn. I mean, the intellectual property rights... It basically allow you to retire from your, your media job. You're not going to have to do anything else because people are just going to be playing read between the lines all over America. It's hotter than Wordle, honestly, right now. I mean, we're making T-shirts. All right. I can't say <laughs> the exact design, but we will have read between the line T-shirts. Three, all three right? fingers is the logo. Yeah. yeah. For, for pick six. By the so, way, I bet, um, you, I bet you hate Wordle, don't you? I, I never even got into it because I, I kind of saw it was becoming such like a fad thing on social media. I was like, this will burn out quick. Yeah, and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna jump into that pool. I'll just let everyone else swim around for a while. My my wordle uh, run is probably ending here at the Super Bowl because it's like I just forget about it and you know and then yeah. Well, you you have to become an adult again. Like that's the thing. It's like I'm like all right, if an adult wants to do it for a little while, eventually they'll be like, all right, I got too much crap on my plate. I can't. That's keep doing this. that's exactly right. All right, let's kick off a little read between the lines. Fire it up, Brady. Let's start off with the L.A. Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey saying we oozing with confidence as well. Don't forget about who we are over here. Read between the lines, Will. I think that the LA Rams and particularly the defense, for as much as we have, we talk about them because we're worried about the Bengals' offensive line. But the story, everybody who's picking the Bengals is saying, oh, you can't bet against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's unstoppable. Well, you know who doesn't think that Joe Burrow is unstoppable? The LA Rams, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey. And Donald and Miller, Miller might vocalize it a little, but in like a kind of a, a funnier way. Uh, Donald just isn't going to say anything. He's just going to show up and be an animal. And But Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey likes to talk. And I read between the lines, and I'm thinking that they're like, they're, they're, they're doing the thing. And I love this, by the way, as somebody who's betting on the Rams and picking the Rams to win. Yeah. They're doing the thing where they invent a chip, and they put it on their shoulder, and they can't believe that the whole world loves Joe Burrow, and he can't be stopped. And that's what they're doing, I think. Yeah, so three of the, well, the last three Super Bowls, the team with the worst record coming into it has won. And obviously, since that is in that position, they're kind of that hot team right now that kind of doesn't know what they don't know, and they can be dangerous in doing that. But there is this element of like, dude, this, these guys have been here before. Yep. Um, Jalen Ramsey is a stud, and I'm sure he's – you know, I don't know if you change up what you do if you're Raheem Morris, but you'd think you'd want to match him on Jamar Chase because right. that's, that's such a big piece of the Bengals' offense. You take away Jamar Chase, you take away some of those big play elements. So – because I, I would think, to see what happens I would, I would, in this game with that word. Well, I would think that, and they've been playing Jalen Ramsey a lot more in the slot, as, as Pete Briscoe has pointed out on here. Um, you know, and they they don't. Raheem Morris doesn't really like to just have him, you know, follow around one wide receiver. Um, you would think Tyler Boyd is going to be primarily in the slot, and so maybe Ramsey's on him on third downs. We'll see. But yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think they'd want Jalen Ramsey to be the guy trying to wipe out uh, Jamar Chase, and certainly. In that Tampa Bay game, when Mike Evans started to cook, they rotated Jalen Ramsey over there. And was like, no, 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 no. Jalen Ramsey actually may have just rotated himself. He's like, I, I'm right. going to this. No, he got burnt eventually, but, you know. 
I mean, here's the reality. Those guys can play both sides of the field. It's isn't like it's college where we have boundary and field calls and all that. Yeah. And, and to Pete's point, he can't play in the slot. He will play in the slot. So that's something to keep an eye on is what they decide to do with Jalen Ramsey and how much man-to-man coverage they decide to play because that's a concern. Like as, as good as Jalen Ramsey is, he's probably been the best quarterback in the NFL this year. Jamar Chase has been equally as explosive. So I, I can't wait to watch that matchup. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be curious to see who's oozing with more confidence. I like all, it. Who's it. all right, next one. Let's go to the head coach there. Uh, or excuse me, Matt Stafford on the head coach there for the LA Rams and Sean McVay. It's probably unlike any other collaboration I've had with a coach. Read between the lines. Thank you for trading for me and getting me out of Detroit and not making me go to Carolina. That would have been hell on earth. I thank you so much, Sean. I love you. That's what I read between the lines. No, I, I think um, I think it's uh, I mean, shot at shot at Matt Patricia or no? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Or maybe, I don't or maybe, what about Jim Bob Cooter? Shot at maybe Jim, Bob Jim Cooter, old Jim Bob Cooter. Man, I, I told you that I you know I went back to Macaulay, my high school, and did a chapel talk, and I actually uh, talked about Matthew Stafford and how you have these. He was he was like the focus of the talk. Is like you know as a quarterback, you have these different. You know, we saw we saw these different career arcs and like you know different traject- different parts of his career. And I, you know, just made the equation of like that's sort of how your life as an adult is going to be once you get out of here. And then I pointed out that uh, I got to, as an adult myself, use the word, use the phrase Jim Bob Cooter on the Macaulay uh, podium, and that that was a, that was a you know, that was a nice highlight for me. And that, the high school kids ate that up, so that was kind of cool. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. they did. Um, I, 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 my serious takeaway from this is something that we talk about on this podcast, the Brady Quinn Football Show, all the time, is that a lot of times. It's the Carson Palmer thing with uh, Bruce Arians. You know, sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, it matters to quarterbacks where they go, yeah. you know, who, who they're with and who they're coached by. And Matthew Stafford, after going through a litany of different coaches and coordinators in his career in Detroit, finally has a guy who thinks this on the same lines as him. They operate on the same page, and it's creating some really good football. One of the th- good things about, you know, McVay is I think he's got a great feel for – the quarterback and the pressure, and everything that's on him. You know, Stafford did not play well down the stretch to finish the season. I mean, in fact, he turned the football over a good amount, which you would expect if it's your first year with sure. a team with a system. So, you know, and obviously he had the production on, on the, you know, throwing touchdowns. So it wasn't like he wasn't offsetting that. You know, the, the playoffs, though, they really have taken pressure off his shoulders by running the football, wanting to get Cam Akers going. And look, it's a wise decision because. You know, dare I say, as good as Cooper Cup is, like Cam Akers could be a stud in this offense and the system if they just improve their offensive line play for a while. Um, but he's taking some pressure off Stafford's shoulders. And I, I think you see moments when there's just some of the stuff that you saw in Detroit where, like, he'll make a throw or take a chance on something. You're going, why? You know, yeah. the, the throw last week to Jaquiski Tart. I mean, it doesn't matter what your explanation is. It should have been interception. It could have changed the course yeah, of the game. Maybe the Rams aren't right. playing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I think, the concern in this game is, you know, how McVeigh goes about uh, really running the football. And I also, you know, feel like giving Matt Stafford that opportunity to take those shots. You know, does he let him come out firing? Because Stafford's like, as much as like you've talked a lot about him, not as many people have talked as much about Stafford. It's more yeah. been about Burrow. Oh, yeah. And it's really been about like they, the Bengals here because of Burrow. I don't know that anyone. I live like in a, I live in the Matthew I live in a Matthew Stafford bubble. Like if you're around, if you're near me, you hear a lot about Stafford. But like the general conversation is much more about Joe Burrow. Right, and and I think the other thing is, you know, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, Stafford has all you know all the pressure. It, he's he's one of the oldest quarterbacks to ever start right his first Super Bowl at no. 34 years of age. And if he doesn't do it this year, this whole thing's blowing up after this year. 
So if he doesn't do it this year, like there's no way they're going to be able to keep it all together. I feel like it'll be really hard to do so. And so I just, I kind of look at it and say like, this is your moment, man. Like you've got to go and win this. And I feel like there's, you know, that really should better showcase itself because McVay obviously has lost one in recent, you know, history. And this might be one of the only shots or maybe the only shot Stafford gets. Yeah. And to your point, it's a little bit like the Buccaneers maybe where if you win it all, Perhaps you convince you know Von Miller to come back and, and try to run yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody does the whole like let's 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 try run it, let's try and win a second one. But you lose the Super Bowl in like agonizing fashion. I mean, we've seen look at the Seahawks and and uh, Patriots Super Bowl where you know those the like if the Patriots lose and they don't win one for like twelve years, maybe Tom Brady is gone earlier from New England. And if the Seah- if the Seahawks lose and the Legion of Boom is basically disbanded because it, it all fell apart. And so I, I do think, I think that's a great point that uh, we could see a, a, a dissolution um, if they do lose. All right, three more. Uh, Sean McVay here in talking about his first Super Bowl appearance. He says, you look at yourself in the mirror, you take accountability and you keep it moving. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you guys, this is my read between the lines. I'm not going to tell you guys that I poop my pants. And like, was like awed by Bill Belichick at midfield. I'm just not going to say that I have too much dignity. You know how this works. You can't get me to say it, but yes, there needed to be some accountability taken for my team scoring three points in the Super Bowl, which is humiliating. Do you worry about him? I mean, almost having, I don't, I don't want to make light of PTSD, but essentially just those bad memories from the most recent Super Bowl and either being overly aggressive and then putting them in some bad spots or being more conservative again, because he doesn't want to necessarily put anyone in a bad position. Yes, I I do. And I, but I think he's got a mirror image across the field in Zach Taylor, who is uh, potentially or likely to do the, to do the similar things. And it's Zach Taylor's first Super Bowl, you know, his third year as a head coach, if I don't think he's going to get to midfield and be like, oh my God, Sean. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that it's possible Zach Taylor, um, maybe the, like, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for McVay. I do think too, Brady, the home field factor helps a ton because for the coach in this spot, not that they're going to have a you know, great crowd or anything like that, but right. you are so intimately familiar, mo- much more so than, than the Bengals could possibly be with, with working during a game and like just, just sort of the, the feel and the setup of the stadium and, and all of that. So I, I think that helps well, a little bit. I just think the fact that the Rams have only traveled once this entire postseason is huge. huge. The rest on their body that they haven't had to endure in long trips besides one trip to Tampa, I mean, that's it. So I, I think that's going to play one of the biggest factors. All right, two more quick ones. Yep. Cooper Cup, speed is a luxury. Quickness is a necessity. Oh, is that like Confucius? That sounds like a- no, it's like wide receiver time. I'd love this, by the way. If you want yeah. me to start off here, go for it. I will. I will say he literally hit the nail on the head as far as the best kept secret about being a wide receiver is you know quickness is what creates separation yes. at the top end of routes, which ultimately is what gets you the football and makes catches easier. You know, you don't have to be the fastest guy to be in order to do that. Like we've seen that, and Cooper Cup's an example of that. The, the speed element's like, all right, it's great if you have it. But a lot of times I've seen wide receivers where it sounds stupid. But if you have to start and then stop, sometimes those really fast guys never really get going fast enough sure. to make you have to get into a backpedal and turn and run. And so they never really push that, that DB enough. And then they have a hard time getting out of that stop because it takes them you know, a while to slow down and get started again. And so sometimes it's like not the guys who are always the fastest, but the guys who are the quickest 
who end up excelling at the wide receiver position. I think Cooper Cup's it's, a great example. It's a, it's a perfect real life example as to why the forty yard dash of the combine is ultimately kind of worthless. You know, you might be fast, but if you like, and and you know, the DK Metcalf had a bad three cone drill. I get it; he's a great receiver. Nobody's taking that away from him. But Cooper Cup fell to the second cool. round because he's. T- tell me what route looks like a three cone drill, by the way, for DK Metcalf. Like, <laughs> if, if, if the Seattle drafted him, they're like, oh, we're just going to run him on a go route or a post yeah. route or like anything. Yeah straight and downfield like what, what, what are we running like a slant you know come back out reverse like what, what are we doing here cup ran a 462 as debo notes uh which is slower than my timed and videotaped 459 that i ran in fort lauderdale that no one believes i ran okay first off i saw you today no offense i do not believe oh, i didn't you run didn't it today it. pal okay like i've been hey, pal pal i need to see this video evidence and on top of that i don't think you can break five today I could probably get six today, probably. <laughs> How long ago was this? Uh, a long time ago, like probably it was laser time. It was hand time too. It was hand time. There's a lot of wind at oh, my back. Geez. I was in, I was in really, really good shape too. Like the bit, like okay. I was well, on PEDs because you know baseball's not tested for that anymore. I was, so. I was running a bunch. I was in great shape. I'm not like I'm fat right now. Um, it was not, you know, it's, I had a mustache. It was glorious. Um, now you have a beard. That's gonna, that's gonna weigh you back even more. Right, the but mustache. Not, was, that's the not mustache. aerodynamic at all. The mustache was piercing the air, and like just like it just you know. I mean, think about it. how many fast guys do you know that have a beard? I mean, Cooper Cup, but he's not that fast, right? He's a four six two guy. I'm saying yeah. the fastest guys never have a beard. You're basically saying I'm Cooper Cup. I love it. All right, let's go to the final one. <laughs> final one, because you're really itching to get to this thing tonight. Uh, Zach Taylor, or excuse me, Joe Burrow on Zach Taylor. Nobody really even realizes how young Zach is. <laughs> you even know how old he is? You know his age? Yeah, he's older than McVeigh. I think he's 36. And McVeigh just turned 35, 38. Zach's a, Zach, a year older than me. So he's the quarterback coach. My last stop in Miami. Okay. And I'll never forget. I mean, obviously, we kind of known of each other because recruited in similar lights, like similar years and all that. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he went to Nebraska first. Yes, correct. Um, and so kind of knew of him, right? Like Blue Blood, big program. But I walked in the room and he hands me the playbook. He goes, uh, I mean, look, you've he goes, We're about the same age, you've been doing this for a long time. He's like, You're you're fine. Like, he's like you tell me if you really need help with and all that. He was one of the coolest dudes about it. And honestly, I'm kind of sad that we talked more about like just general football and life, but I, I really grew to love him because at that point he he kind of just knew what his role was and he probably knew what my role was and I wasn't gonna be hanging around there. So he was like, I'm not gonna bother this guy with stuff that he doesn't need to be bogged down by. But um, I, I mean, he's 38 years old. And I think the reality is it's not that you take a Super Bowl for granted and you go, well, um, I don't know that I'll ever make it back here again. So I should need to be conservative because this is my only chance. I think he looks at Joe Burrow and says, dude, we didn't expect to be here. We're going to play loose. We're going to take shots. We're going to be aggressive because, well, we're going to have more shots at this. We're going to have more opportunities at this, especially as we get better, in particular up front of the O-line. So I, I think he would – what basically Joe's saying is like, look, man, like we're both young. Like we're okay. growing this thing together. I, I was sort of taking it as a like a different way. Like just people don't really know about him or like, you know, he just doesn't have a, you know, doesn't have a ton of experience. Um, I, to your point about playing loose, uh, I was on a Jim Rome show on Monday and um, Jim pointed out, he said that he was like, I was down on the field at Kansas city. Right. And he's like, 
you know, Zach Taylor's walking around with his kids and like wife before the game and Joe Mixon's playing catch and goofing off and like they're playing, talking to fans. He's like, they were just so crazy. He's like, I'm, and he's like, I don't think this is like why they won. They were just so loose. And, you know, that helps, especially when you're, you know, Mahomes comes out slinging and all of a sudden you're down 21-3. And so I, I do think there's some of that. And you're probably right. If there was a team that was going to be uptight in this spot, it would be the Rams and not the, not the, not the Bengals. But I mean, I do think the Zach, the lack of experience in big games for Zach Taylor, he obviously has his playoff run, but the, you know, I mean, they just haven't played any games that mattered. And it almost feels like Zach, T- now, I don't want to take away from him because as you point out, good coach, but like, it does feel like it's some of that order on too. Like hop aboard the Joe Burrow express and take it to a title, buddy. I mean, enjoy. Just going to drag your ass to the promised land. I mean, look, Joe talked about like confidence. And that's something that I've brought up probably a couple of times on here with you. It's something that can be like fragile or delicate, but one way to help keep confidence is momentum. And Joe Burrow's had momentum on his side ever since having the greatest season ever in college football, right? Like that led into him being the number one overall pick. That's led into, even though he had, got injured his rookie year, he was probably on his way to be the offensive rookie of the year that year. Oh, yeah, no question. And then and then you look at what he's done now. It's like, dude, the, the guy should be confident because all he's known and all he's done is perform in those big spots. And so he's able to roll – he's able to, every time he gets in those pressure situations, go, been here before, done this. I don't need to view it or feel any different about it. And even though Zach Taylor's inexperienced in that way, he's got the guy on the field who ultimately is what matters most, and he feels comfortable in that spot. So – I just I feel like, you know, look, if, if the Bengals lose this game, it's going to be because of that offensive line just getting yep. demolished by the, the Rams front. And it's going to be it's going to feel I'm not trying to prepare Burrow to Peyton Manning. It's going to feel like that Seattle Seahawks defense. Versus oh, the Bengals. Like, OK, I, I don't say I'm not again. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout either. Right. But it's going to feel like that or, or like, a little bit, know, a little bit, can, a little bit like Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. Maybe that's even a. You know, sure, flat, and that, that, that might be another fair comparison. Yeah, and, and you're not saying that the Rams are the the peak Legion of Boom or anything like that. Just that no, this it's just team, that that's the biggest mismatch. It, 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 it's it, to your point about that. I do think there's a chance, and I, I don't want to again. I, I don't want to compare it to the the Seahawks either. But there's a chance that remember that maybe the the the, uh, the Camp Chancellor hit in that game where you're like, oh, okay, oh. this game is over. Like this, yeah. like they came to freaking play and the snap over Manning's head is a safety. And then it was done. And, and, and it was, I mean, it was, it was never even close. I, I like to think that, but I mean, shoot, Peyton Manning. I mean, you know, you like, you'd like to think Joe Burrow would be able to mount a comeback, but you know, we also saw with Peyton Manning, you know, like the, the Seahawks never let up and dude, that was a record setting year for them. Right. Wasn't yeah, it that no, year for them? Peyton I mean, they were yeah. yeah. And that game was a pick them too, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, so, all right, so let me, uh, I mean, let's, you know, I won't, I mean, I'll see you plenty of times. You'll yeah. be on CBS sports HQ a bunch. We'll get to hang out, maybe have some beers. Um, but I'm curious for the podcast purposes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who you got in the game. So, um, this is how I feel. And it's, there's some bias to it, right? There's always bias to it. Yeah. I'm an Ohio kid. Yeah. I, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Joey B. I really am. And I think from what I've seen from him, it, it's led me to this conclusion. There's three rules in life, death, taxes, and it used to be not to bet against Tom Brady. Yep. I think Joe Burrow's taking his spot. So wow. I'm going to go ahead and take the four and a half points. Um, I, but I, I think you could see a scenario where 
the Bengals just went outright. Like, like it was weird. And this dawned on me and thinking about this week because I knew we were talking and, about and by, by the way, just for the record, when you say there's three rules in life, technically, these are the three rules I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who has the same same first name as a city. Never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. You stick to oh, that, Brady. I, I, I can, I could go on and on about this, right? Don't touch. Don't ever, never trust the guy with two first names. All right. No, no, that was that's a quote, that's a quote from Teen Wolf, by the way. Oh, well, sure, but it's still Coach, Coach, Coach Finstock. He's like stick stick to that, and everything else is cream cheese, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you've got you know. Can't trust someone that won't have a drink with you. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. That's something a lot there. Yeah. Um, Any, no, anyway, anyway, sorry. This is what it led me to looking back on the AFC Championship game, kind of watching it again. Like Patrick Mahomes kind of tightened up. Like he, he kind of tightened up there. And and I'm sitting there watching. I'm going, is that the Joe Burrow effect? Like, is is this starting to become a thing where the other quarterback, where Mahomes probably had that effect, and their offense have had that effect on other teams. Or he's making other guys be like, oh God, like I don't I don't want to leave him with the football at the end of the game because I know yeah. he's gonna deliver. I, I think that's starting to become a thing, almost like again, Tom Brady, not to keep making that reference. No, that's fine. But so I wonder how it's gonna, a way to win. Like Tom Brady. I, I, I wonder how that's gonna impact Stafford. I know, look, Tampa, what he did there was phenomenal. It really was. It was phenomenal. And and really what they did, you know, last week, but it, or excuse me, two weeks ago. But the reality is is like I don't know. There's something about him, man. Like you're, you kind of look across him. You're like, why is he so cool right now? Why is he? Why is he? Uh, yeah. Should I be nervous? Like you don't. I, you he's acting cool. Stafford, you don't want to see his pregame outfit. Like you well, do not like, see what he rolls in. I can't trump his coolness. Like, oh no. Like, yeah. am I the nervous guy now? Like he's been so <laughs> cool that I can't trump that. Am I the nervous guy? Like, am I the guy who looks nervous now? Because Joe Burrow looks so cool. Like, That's how great. do I go about managing this? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, I, I said it immediately. After the matchup was set and the NFL memes freaking account stolen and it went crazy viral. I said, look, point. The Rams are better here, 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 and here, here, and here, here. Uh, they have, you know, a coaching advantage, schematic, blah, 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 like 10, 15 different things. And it's like counterpoint. And it's a picture of Joe Burrow. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like I've, I've been pounding the table all playoffs saying, don't bet against Joe Burrow. He wins in these big spots, and I'm an idiot. I'm going to bet against him. But I just think the Rams are better. Um, I think the defense just takes care of business, and they come to play. And you have two guys who are probably Hall of Famer. I mean, Von, uh, Von Miller's Von Miller's uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Aaron Donald, Donald Von, yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's probably on the track to be a Hall of Famer, too. Like, yeah. if they win this Super Bowl, those three guys are – just, just shoot up the uh, and already they're already in a good spot in terms of the rankings of all time. But you know, Aaron Donald's involved in all uh, like the greatest of all time if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl. I just think that defense comes to play, and well, that's what bothers me. It's the most obvious mismatch that's going to play the biggest factor is the O line of the Bengals versus the D line of of the Rams. Yep, and and that's what I'm like because last year was the same thing, right? Kansas City offensive line, oh. And yet I was still like, yeah, but it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm making the same mistake again this year. And you know, we'll see if we'll see, we'll see what happens. But it feels okay to make the mistake with Joe Joe Burrow. <laughs> Which is weird that like the last three Super Bowls, right? The team with the worst record ended up winning outright. Yeah, it's very and that's where the Bengals are sitting in the same position again. It is certainly weird. All right. That's it for the Brady Quinn football show. I didn't get I promised the 30 minutes, but you know what? This is too good of a conversation. So I'll, if I'm late to the basketball game, I'm like, basketball game, no big deal. I'm going to sweat off my back just chilling in L.A., you know? Uh, Brady, as always, buddy, a pleasure. See you tomorrow. See you. Enjoy. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. 
Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.